The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Since before Christmas on the programme, we've been talking about the lack of playing facilities, sporting facilities for the children of Dublin 8. It's one thing to talk about it, but it's another thing to see what it's like on the ground. This is an old part of Dublin. It's a primarily residential, but a lot of brownfield sites where once industries flourished. Everything has changed. More and more people are coming into the area. More and more children are being born, expect to be educated and recreated in this area. But literally, there's nowhere to go. No green fields at all. There are two possibilities, one at Marabone Lane and one at Denor Avenue. And that's where we'll start our journey through Dublin 8. Well, I've just entered St. Catherine's National School on Denor Avenue and I'm being met by Karen Jordan. Karen, hi. Hi, Pat. How are you? You Welcome. You are a teacher here at this lovely school. I'm the principal, yes. Well, it's a fabulous school so far. But tell me about your recreational space. How much do you have? Very little for the 191 pupils that we have on roll. They're very quiet at the moment. They're very, very quiet. They're working hard. We work them very hard. Um, so you can see from the front, um, it's all tarmac. At the back, it's all tarmac. The joke is sometimes we have more greenery on the roof than we do <laughs> on the ground. Um, we try, try our very best, but there's no football pitch. There's nowhere that we can swing a hurl. Um, and the children can just about run in our space. Okay, well now we'll walk along the corridor here and sure. I can peek into the various they're classrooms. They're very busy they're, they're classrooms. They're as good as gold. They're You're brilliant. You're a tight ship here, you oh, do. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. So, so what kind of recreation would the kids like to be involved in and where do they go? Well, we have um, good partnerships with soccer clubs, uh, GAA football clubs, um, Kevin's Hurling and Camogie Club um, on the Crumlin Road. Um, that's where they have to play. We used to try and do running. Um, when I could run, I yeah. ran with the children at lunchtime, but because of construction in the area, it just became really so untenable. So you take to the streets yes. around here? Yes. And lead the kids like the Pied Piper? That's it, yeah, yeah, I like that vision. But that's what we had, and that's all we have. That's you all know? we had. Uh, so this is another section, to, to, yeah. To my left here, not a lot of space there. No. There's a little bit more space around the back as well. But again, it's all because of, um, I suppose, the nature of the site we have and mm. the, the little space we have. There's no green space in this area. Now, there is something going on because I see here we have helmets. We do. We do. As I said, we have a good partnership with Kevin's. Um, we try our best in the hall and in um, a section of the yard that we have on license agreement from a developer next door to um, to teach the the skills. But as you yeah. can see, we can, no child can actually hit a ball properly yeah. because we don't have the facilities. But under license suggests that that license will someday end. Absolutely. And that land will be built upon. Yes, uh, thousands of apartments, unfortunately. Loads of pupils for the school, potentially. Yes, That's potentially, potentially. Line. And but I suppose that that will, um, it, it's going to mean more children coming into this area yeah. and with no and green no spaces and no resources, no recreational e resources. Even when you talk about uh, having to go to the Crumlin Road to play sport, yeah. 
That's not a stroll away. No, um, we have to cross the South Circular Road. We have to walk down the canal to Dolphins Barn. There are no traffic lights for pedestrians all the way. So we, um, staff and parent volunteers, take their own lives and the lives of our children in their hands to walk to the green space that's close okay, by. Okay, so I've seen two spaces, a little space at the front, a little space here. And Where's the rest of the, the space? The rest is around the back. It Let's used to be known as the dungeon. <laughs> so out this door here to your oh, left. Out here, okay. Yeah. So when I came here in 2003, I was told I was on yard duty in the dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> the dungeon. Lead on to the okay, dungeon. Okay, to the dungeon we go. So you've prefabs here t- again to my left. Our prefabs are actually on what used to be, and you can see the markings, our football pitch. This is where they used to be able to play. The tarmac football pitch, yep. And now revealing around the back of the school. Are hundreds of bike racks because, you know, we are trying to encourage everybody. We're a green school. We're trying to encourage everybody to travel green, um, climate change, you name it. But we also, that then also takes up the space for our yard. So we're just coming to the dungeon area. Okay. The dungeon area is this. Yeah. That's all there is. Yeah. My goodness, Karen. This is it, yeah. Now, you can see we have a playhouse. We do try and grow, but that's the growing space. There's, there's really nothing here. And what's no. behind out there? That's the yard on the, license. The yard on license. We'll, yeah. we'll have a quick walk through there and see. But again, this is no permanent solution. No, absolutely it, it's not. going to go. I'm this is where to... the children attempt to play football and you can see the lamp in the middle of it all. There's a lamp in the middle of it all so kids could crash into the base there yeah. and do themselves some harm. Huge damage, yeah. Yeah. It's it's long, it's narrow, it's the best we can do, it's the best we can offer. We offer, you know, we we think we do great with the space that yeah. we have. Um, the children are happy to be here, but... There is no green space. You cannot play a proper game of any sport. And this is for 190 students. Absolutely. Hi, Sienna. Hello. What school do you go to? I go to St. Patrick's Cathedral Grammar School. And how old are you now? I'm 16. You've already made your way into Leinster House though, haven't you? Yeah, I did a few weeks ago. What did you? What was your mission? Uh, well, I went in to talk about the lack of sports facilities around my area and I feel like I got my word across very strong, to be honest. Now, tell me about that. I mean, do you play sport? Can you play sport? Is uh, there a place to sp- play any kind of sport? I would like to play sport. I feel like growing up I wanted to play sport, but there's not really enough facilities and chances for me to play sport, uh, especially being like, a girl, there's a lot less football teams and stuff around my area to play. Yeah, but there are no green spaces anyway. No, there's nowhere. I think the closest is like up in like Dublin 12. Yeah, which is a bit of a trek. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you would love to have been involved in, in sport. Any particular sport? Uh, well, football and I'd like to swim. I don't know how to swim, but I think I'd like to learn how to swim. How many of your friends know how to swim? Well... In the doll, we were talking about this, and I'm in a group of 22. There's 22 of us, and only two of them can swim. My goodness. I know. Where is the nearest pool? I actually, I couldn't even tell you. There's no one handy, that's for sure. Yeah, I actually don't really know. 
Yeah. And playing football, many, many girls are playing football now. Yeah. Uh, and there's no place to pursue that? No, not close by. Um, you got your message across, but was, was anyone listening? I hope someone was listening. I'm not quite sure if anything's been done, but I hope that eventually it will. Now, you're coming, believe it or not, towards the end of your school <laughs> career. Yeah. So it's kind of unlikely that anything will be done for you no. before you leave school. Yeah. My main point was kind of more for like the next generation. Like I'm going to have a niece in a few weeks and I kind of want her to grow up with the facilities that I don't have. I feel like that would be kind of my main my main mission. Do you feel, you know, living where you live, that you're really not looked after by the powers that be? Not really. I don't feel like... I feel like they know we're there, but they don't really take any action towards us. Like, they more they don't really care for the people living there. It's more for people who can come down and, like, spend money and stuff, you get me, rather than the young people in the area. So when you have free time, what do you do? Uh... Well, when I was younger, we kind of used to just like climb into places that we weren't supposed to be because there was never anywhere open. Like there's a football pitch that's locked up at, I'm not even sure, but we used to climb over rather than, because we don't have the key, so we weren't allowed in it. You weren't allowed in, no. but you kind of made your way so in to, if yeah, you could. To have a game of football, we had to climb over the, like a big gate to get into it. One of the problems is if you don't have sport as a thing to do, People get up to other stuff that yeah. maybe they shouldn't be doing. Yeah, <laughs> you can bring it down the wrong path, really. Well, Sienna, thank you very much for talking to us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Gail, where exactly do you live? I live in Oliver Bond the last 43 years. Now, what are conditions like in Oliver Bond at the moment? Well, they're extremely bad with um, dampness and stuff going on and then the lack of facilities for young people and elderly. How many children live in Oliver Bond, would you say? Um, the last time we done a bit of a survey, there was, I think there was over 120 kids under the age of 16. And that's without the ones over the age of 16. Okay, now the kids, they want to run, they want to play football, they want to, you know, get active. Yeah. What do they do? Um, so there's a small little pitch in Oliver Bond and it's not fit for purpose because you couldn't even have an under six, five aside on it. It's that small. So they actually have to get buses and um, or trains or bikes to go to different areas to play their football because there's no home home ground for them. Yeah. So, so the, you know, people will say, why don't they go to the Phoenix Parks? Not a million miles away. Yeah. But for a young kid, it is a million miles away. Oh, it is a million miles away. Sure. Even within the area, like it's, in my flats alone if you go around the block it's actually like a different area because everyone knows their own but yeah the Phoenix Park even is way way too far for these young people they yeah. think they're going down the country you know? <laughs> but you'd also like to be able to keep an eye on them yeah also when they're, when they're out and about yeah. so what do they do all, all of these children when you know it's after school or the weekends and they want to let off steam yeah they just play around flat complexes and then they're getting into trouble because they're hanging around stairwells and so, um, so some of them It's a concrete junk. Yeah so if, if someone is lucky enough to have uh, a car to bring them to other football areas but for the people that don't have cars the cars the kids just are just left playing out like you know What would you like to see happen? This community definitely is lacking in uh, facilities green space pitches swimming pools so if you look at if you take say Dublin 12 into account one area has so many pitches a foot, uh, 
a swimming pool and then if you look at the inner cities, whether it's south inner city or north inner city, there's none of that facilities. You know, we have, they have loads of land. We don't have loads of land. And we're not even being taught of when a bit of land does come up. Yeah, a lot of the land is used for commercial purposes. Um, some of the land is uh, former industrial land and it's earmarked for other things by developers and by the city council. And uh, what do you say to them about you know your priorities? which yeah. to, to have something for the kids. Our pri- priorities now at the moment is to make sure there's a stuff for children because the antisocial behaviour is getting way out of hand and we need to accommodate people from the cradle to the grave. So at the moment, there's none of that. We don't need any more hotels. We don't need any more student accommodation. And also we don't need any more services because if you walk out, we have seven gates in Oliver Bond and if you walk out, each gate in Oliver Bond does a service. Now, there is a need for the service, but there's not a need for them all to be in one little small area of the Liberties. What kind of service are you talking about? So there's um, a drug drug centre, then there's um, people that are on drinking. So like you have uh, one gate, like is uh, Dublin Simon Community, then there's the Mendo, then you have Merchants Quay, then another gate is Focus Ireland, then you have another house up the, up the far so, end of so Street. You think that um, all the individuals around the city who've got problems uh, that they're being kind of foisted on you. Yeah, that's what we feel like. That we're You're just getting all, more than your share. All thrown into the inner city as if we don't have enough problems of our own. So we have to deal with that as well as trying to look after our kids safely and try find positive stuff for them to do. Now, the council will say that it's, you know, it's built up, it's the inner city. There is no room for parks or whatever. What do you say to them when they, when they use that excuse? Yeah, they just have to find it. And it'll make their job easier. If there's lo- loads of stuff for children to do, it will make Dublin City Council's job a lot, lot easier because we've loads of community workers that want to go out and lend a hand. All volunteers don't want to be paid. So their job will be less easier while they're getting paid for doing it. Okay, so they do it with a heart and a half. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, what do the councillors say to you when you talk to them, your local councillors, or do they come near you? Yeah, the last time we were speaking to them, they were putting um, a thing forward for the Maribone Lane area. So uh, we're hoping now that they're going to back this even more and bring it back to the government. Mm. The, the problem is that by the time these things get done, the, the, the 12-year-old child is an adult Yeah, by exactly. the time they get it done. Yeah. Like even myself, I, when I played football when I was younger for Brother Bernard in Meath Street, their home ground was in Walkinstown. So like back then, because Bernard had a bus, he was able to take a group of girls off. Now, no one really has buses. Now, nobody is really doing it because the people want facilities in the area so we can have, and especially the girls' teams of sports even is on the rise and there's nowhere in the area for girls to go. Um, were you any good? Oh, I was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Messy. <laughs> but um, like that, so my children now are the fifth generation are going... The fifth generation of our bond that is lacking in facilities the last five generations. Um, are they going to redevelop Oliver Bond? We're, we're waiting on a regeneration. We're at the um, we're at the next stage. Um, we're just waiting to have another meeting to see when we're actually going to yeah. start the Canton. But they're saying it's going it to take... took ages to do Fatima. I'm looking at St. Teresa's Gardens up the road and it's all boarded up and ready for redevelopment. You know, all of these things take forever. Well, that's our fear. Our fear is we're going to get to go ahead. They'll start phase one, probably take them years to do that. And then they'll say there's no funding for phase two and they'll be left away. O'Devney Gardens and Dolphins Barn was. And that's what we don't want to happen. And they said it'll take 25 years to complete from start to finish. 
no one can wait that long. Nobody. So they need to be doing, not phase one, they need to be doing at least two phases at the one time to complete it even within 10 years. My goodness, it must be hard not to be a bit pessimistic about the whole thing. Oh, stop. I don't know how community workers keep going, but if we don't do it, there's nobody else that's going to do it. So, but the key thing is, it's about building relationships. So if you've good relationships with all stakeholders, things can happen. And what's happening then within the council is, as soon as somebody is given a job, you're building a relationship and they're getting shifted because they're getting promoted, which they're entitled to. So I just think that somebody is that they're taking on the role and you get a promotion that you stay on the roll until that task is done because it's it's killing us. The communities, it's killing us the more people that are leaving us. But at the moment, thankfully, we have good relationships at the moment and we're hoping it stays that way. And we just keep screaming the same thing. Don't move them. Promote them, but don't move them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> All right, Gail, thank you very much for talking to us. Yeah, thanks so much, Pat. Now, I've walked along the dereliction that is St. Teresa's Gardens and I've encountered JJ Omani, the chairman of Sporting Liberties. JJ, how are you? I'm good, thanks. What is the great plan, the master plan for here? Well, uh, the master plan is that there's going to be quite a large number of people moving into this complex in the next number of years. the LDA are building 543 uh, apartments and Heinz are building a uh, number of apartment blocks as well. Within that plan, there is a plan for pitch, but that's been going back and promised since 2017 and previous broken promises. But at this point, there must be a master plan between the Land Development Agency and Heinz. I mean, they know how much of this site they have each, I presume. Yeah. Is there a designated pitch contained within? Yes, there is a designated pitch contained within, but we're just really uh, suspicious that this will be delivered because we've had previous false broken promises. And what we're really looking for, the only way we'll get a cast iron guarantee in this is that if the monies that are allocated to this pitch is ring-fenced, they need to ring-fence that money so that if there's an economic downturn, a change of government, like these people, when these things occur, these people are at the brunt of those decisions. They're easy pickings for the government and for the council. Now what we want is ring fence these monies. Tell us that you're serious about this. Tell us that you mean and that you will actually deliver on this. It should never have got to this stage at the first place. Now, I mentioned the dereliction of St. Teresa's Gardens. It was built in my lifetime and it's derelict in my lifetime, which is an extraordinary thing. But right adjacent to it, there's a community centre. That's closed. Yeah, again, like, unless you go with your begging hat, this is what we feel, unless we go to work with our begging hat, the Dublin City Council, we don't get anything, nothing. In my 15 years odd involving community activity, never once have they come up to us and said, we've got an idea, we can do this, we can do that. That community centre burned down in 2021. It took a campaign. Now, it facilitated young children in the area who had almost nothing. It facilitated elderly people meeting up. It facilitated the school's play hall. It was such a vital hub for the whole community in here. But when it burned down, it was a passive approach again, community uh, protests and everything to get it going now. There's a plan again to get it going. Uh, it's probably going to be closed for the gotcha three to four years. But I'd... And is it that they're going to incorporate it into the, the Heinz LDA development and they want to do it all of a piece? Is that their excuse rather than spending good money now and then ending up maybe having to knock the whole thing as part of the major redevelopment? Yeah, they're, they're going to try and do a coordinated approach to this, to be fair, is that the plan is to deliver in the community centre immediately. Again, it, it, that shouldn't have been 
delayed as long as it was uh, to develop the housing. Unfortunately, now the way it's turned out is that the pitch is going to be four to five years before it, develop, it gets delivered because the housing, it has to be delivered in conjunction with the housing. But again, if you went back a couple of years ago, Foresight would have said, this pitch needs to be delivered immediately. Yeah. Every year this goes by, there will be a child lose their life in this area. I have no doubt, be the drugs, crime or several children will lose their lives. One of the issues, of course, if they were to develop the pitch first, then they have children making their way to the pitch through a construction site. And yeah. I'm sure they'd be concerned about that. But if you look at the, look at the perimeter of the site, it's probably the guts of kilometre and a half, two kilometres. There's plenty of accesses can be arranged into different portals for the site uh, there. Now, we, we've explored different options. And to be fair, like one of the other frustrating parts of this is that... Uh, when you meet some people in the council, there are really good people in there. We're talking to some designers, architects, to Laura, Martin and David inside there. They're really good. But to get access to those people is our problem. Marabone Lane, we need these people working on Marabone Lane. And you'd say, well, you've got, this is a return of two pitches that were there previously. This isn't like a new development giving it to us. It's a return of two pitches that they closed temporarily nearly 20 years ago. This will give us 5% of what an equivalent population would have in any around Ireland. So how many people are projected to live here and therefore how many children? There's estimated to be in the region of 4,000 people moving into this area within the next uh, three to four years when these apartments are delivered. Uh, within that, there's going to be at least 1,000, probably more, 1,200 children to be delivered. This pitch will be the most used pitch in Europe. Uh, it, to get access to this, that's why it's critical we look at Marabone Lane. And don't wait till we're on another crisis. Get Marabone Lane. Our goal is to have Marabone Lane delivered by 31 July 2026. Let the council have a vision. Let them care about children. Because that's the one thing I've noticed about here is that children are at the bottom of every... They, they don't rate in the decisions of the council. That's our experience. And if you speak to others in the area, they don't rate in the decisions of the council. Get Marabone Lane delivered for 20, 31 July 2026. Well, we'll head up to Marabone Lane and have a look. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Ronnie Byrne, you have just shown me a hidden gem in Dublin 8. This sporting facility, I never knew it was here. Where did it come from? Uh, it came back from the early 90s when. Uh, a group of residents in the area were all involved in local residents' associations. Uh, we were also involved in the anti-drug campaign that went on with the concerned parents between the 80s and 90s and on to the 2000s. Um, and a lot of the time, the kids that we were trying to help come off drugs, we were taking them out on trips and stuff like that. And then one day down on Skill Street, where it had been particularly bad, uh, we had a lot of kids getting into a minibus. We were going mountain climbing with them. Uh, and a couple of other kids came over that wasn't on drugs and were asking about going on the trips we were going on. And we had said to them at the time that we were actually trying to help the lads get, well, getting off drugs. We were burning up their energy and stuff like that. And a couple of young lads said, do we have to go on drugs to get a trip? <laughs> so at that stage, we actually all looked at one another, all the lads that were involved and sort of said, we're missing the boat here. We're actually doing it wrong. We should be trying to get them before. You should they be preventative back. rather than curative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then we set about, we decided to try and get a community centre in the area because there wasn't any. Try and get a community centre in the area that would cater for that and be drug-free centre for the kids. So that's that was in 
1990. It took us on 2002 to have it actually okay. built. 12 years, but what you have here is absolutely terrific. I mean, I've walked through it. There, there are gyms, there's a, a, an arena where you can play five-a-side or basketball. You've got your boxing ring, your punch bags. It really is an incredible facility. I know, it's a fantastic, and it's well used. Like, we could do with double the size of it, never mind anything else. Like, because there's all sorts of drama goes on here, the sword fighting goes on, there's ballet, there's, everything goes on in the centre itself. But we could do it a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Um, but well used, that's the most important. Well thing. used, that's the main thing, yeah. That's, yeah. Now, one of the things that we're going to be talking about here is the lack of a proper outdoor playing pitch. And you brought me to a balcony here in St. Catharines and I'm looking out on a yard. In your mind's eye, what is this going to be? Well, we'd like it to be a full-size pitch. Because what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a car park I'm seeing uh, sheds with corrugated iron roofs. I'm seeing, you know, dereliction. I'm seeing a pipe store. Um, but it's certainly big enough to contain possibly even a Croke Park size pitch. Well, there's, there's a massive amount of land there and it's not being utilised the way it could be utilised. Now, Dublin City Council has shown plans at one stage going back a couple of years ago about what they wanted to do. And we drew up plans to work with them that we could all get something out of it in regards of a community facility and them or whatever. But look, we need them to be actually talking to us. So now joining us on this balcony overlooking what might be someday a pitch is Tom McGee, the president of the Liberty Saints. You're the reason we're down here, Tom. You know that. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> I'm not the reason. The reason are, are all the children living in all them flats complexes that we're surrounded by. But we had to see for ourselves sure. exactly what is proposed. And this literally is just concrete and metal fences and all the rest. Yeah, one thing that you don't see here is really activity. There's nothing goes on here. There's an overflow car park. There's some leftover lampposts down there. There's some unused sheds over there. And basically, it's been like this for the last 10, 15 years. There's literally nothing going on here today. Yeah. So is this potentially going to be realised as a pitch? I mean, it's right adjacent to the sports club here. It would be perfection. Perfection. And Dublin City Council have it in their own development plan for the city for 2020 to 2028 to develop this area, the Marabon Lane Depot site, as a sporting and recreational facility. What's the problem? The problem is getting it from black and white into colour. The problem is making it happen. The problem is that when we actually go to actually try to expedite that, it's, it, it hasn't happened since we've been banging on the door. Is Dublin City Council the only stakeholder here, so therefore the only body you have to persuade? Dublin City Council are the only body we have to we have to persuade. Everybody else, the local community, councillors, senators, TDs, principals of local schools, the Gardaí, ourselves, all the sport facility, everybody wants this. So, why isn't it happening? That's the question that we're here to ask. Now, uh, there are different political parties within the council chamber. Um, are they all singing from the same hymn sheet? So far. And we meet, we, we're meeting them all this week. We met them, met some last night, meeting more today, more tomorrow. Um, again, it's, it's, it's trying to get across party uh, buy-in to, for everybody to, to, to sing the same song for the same hymn sheet on the same day. We've come from St. Teresa's Gardens and the, the plan for redevelopment there with uh, the Land Development Agency and Heinz is kind of a very sophisticated, complicated plan. So the plans for a pitch there might be long-fingered, perhaps understandably, 
But this here, okay, it's a it's about site clearance and pitch laying, which is already um, agreed. The yeah. Dublin City Council. So, so this could happen done. sooner rather than later. Yeah, it should happen sooner rather than later. I suspect at the end of it, though, Tom, that given the huge population growth in Dublin Eight, that it won't even be enough. If we get what we're looking for, which is one pitch here and one pitch in Teresa's Gardens, we'll have a tenth of what everybody else has. And the problem, it's obvious to state, but kids only have one childhood. They only have one go at getting this. And, and, and the amount of children that have grown up in this area over the last 30 years without that opportunity, I don't even know many, how many. We say we talk about losing lives and going to funerals and all that kind of stuff. It's not even kids that actually die. It's kids that don't fulfil their potential, that miss the opportunity, that don't get what other kids get in other communities all around Dublin and Ireland of linking in with the GA club or linking in with the rugby club, getting a job off this fella, getting a chance off that fella, meeting this girl or that girl. All those opportunities that, that happen in society all around the rest of the country don't happen here. Yeah. In terms of the people I've met, there's uh, an extraordinary resilience here though, isn't there? Yeah, and it's built, you might say the same with the Dublin wit that's in the area. It's still a brilliant, brilliant community, but it's it's kind of... <sighs> It's difficult to put your finger on it. I'm on the outside coming in. My wife is from the area and it's 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 almost hard to say it, but the people in this area don't realise what they don't have because they've never had it. Yeah. They don't realise that there should be a pitch here, that there should be sport, that kids playing PE in primary school and in secondary school should have the opportunity to, to play for the school team or to, to learn how to kick a ball. That that resilience and all that, uh, that wit that comes with it is kind of almost a symptom of the whole thing. Yeah, and it's... Not necessarily about winning championships or whatever. I mean, this is a classic example of taking part is the most important Absolutely, thing. Absolutely, yeah. Having the opportunity to, to, to take part and to realise your potential or, or to even to engage with people like um, role models or uh, mm -hmm. adults that aren't your local yeah. primary school teacher or your mm -hmm. parent or your guard or whatever. Just people that just have, uh, a, have your best interests at their own yeah. heart. And you prefer that the kids would be members of a team, not a gang. Correct, yeah. That's unfortunately the only sport that's around here is, 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 is the negative type. Tom, thank you very much. Thanks, Pat. Well, it's only a short walk from St. James Primary School to St. Catherine's Sports Centre here. And Kieran Cronin, the principal of St. James, has made the walk. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Kieran. Is it still called Jambo? It is, yeah. We wear it very proudly on the back of our school uniforms. Yeah, because my father went to Jambo, as, as he often uh, told me about his time here many, many years ago. Um, how many children do you have? Uh, there's 304 pupils in our school at the moment. Yeah. Now, what's capacity? Are you at capacity? We're, we're at capacity, yeah. Um, for a long time, we weren't at capacity. Uh, as you can see from the developments in the area, the, all the housing being built, uh, we're, we're in, we have waiting lists to get into the school now. So the, the population in the area is on the increase. So the school is full. You've got loads of demand. Tell me about your playing field. Uh, so we're very fortunate to have a little green patch at the back of our school. How, how little is little? Uh, I think Tom said it was two tennis courts in size. Okay. Um, it's enough for the kids to stretch their legs on. But that's uh, all. But that's all, yeah. Nearly 400 kids. Yes, yeah. yeah. Must be mayhem. It's, it's, it is, yeah. If we were to let them out altogether, yes, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how do they then uh, participate in sport? Um, we would have some very sporty teachers who would do after-school clubs um, we would have hurling, uh, football, soccer. Uh, we hurl on concrete. 
Um, the pit, the grass pitch that we have is you can't use it for uh, kind of mo half of the year because it's the old city basin, uh, so it's waterlogged. Uh, we would hurl on the concrete. We would play GA on the concrete and soccer on the concrete as well. Um, I presume a lot of the pupils, uh, boys and girls, yep, yep, they want to play sport. They are so enthusiastic. Like we would have maybe sixty children out to from third class up to come out and train for football and hurling. They're so enthusiastic, so eager to play. Yeah. Now, what do they say, and what do their parents say when they realise, you know, this is this is all we have? Well, this is the thing. Like they want to train the whole year, whole year round. The coming to one school season runs in September and October, um, and then towards the summer as well. Um, so there is no competitions to play. You can arrange local matches with local schools, but there's nowhere to play the matches. Um, so then you're looking at bus trips, getting hiring buses to go out to local GA pitches. And that then kind you've of got stuff. liaise with parents to pick the kids up when they come yeah. back from the match. And absolutely, so yeah. it's, it's messy. very complicated. It's messy. Yeah. Messy. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, people will say the Phoenix Park it's not very far from St. James no. for, for an adult for an adult yeah um, for, for 30 children uh, who are going to play a match to walk them over there and then to walk them back you're talking an hour each way um, that's, the that's the reality and of you're it. crossing Park 8th Street and yeah. you know it could, could be quite it's hazardous stained, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely so that's not really on no no um, did anyone explore the Crappies Acre down there in front of the Collins uh, Museum? Uh, we've gone down to have a look around it, all right, yeah. Um, it's a nice spot to go and have a look around. And Emma is very close by as well. We'd go there to, there's a lovely hedge maze that we go for a run around. But these aren't places you can you can play a football This match, is not you know? a solution. No, no, not at all. Uh, one of the things that really strikes me in the evenings um, when you come back into the school um Schools, local schools have good facilities, but we close at three, four o'clock, that kind of stuff. And what I hate seeing is children who have to hop a fence and trespass to play a game of football um, on a yard or on, a, on an astro pitch, that kind of stuff. Like that's, that's what the kids are growing up here doing. They're, they're hopping a fence to go in and play, play a game of football. And that's, that's and whose facilities are those, the ones where they, they hop the fence? They would be the secondary schools, uh, the local schools like that are around, yeah. That are well enough endowed for that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even they would probably have a shortage of full-size pitches. Absolutely. Oh yeah, none of them are full-size by any means, but they are inviting, they're like yeah, where we are in Basin Street, there's a tarmac pitch that's either scorched from bonfires or covered in broken glass you can't you people don't even let their dogs run around on it it's it's that in such bad condition um so the, so the one pitch for want of a better word that is there it's it's unusable you know so do you ever get dispirited about the whole thing you like yeah you do it's it's terrible when you see kids they're so talented like we had a, a group of footballers i know you, you, you everyone talks about that great year when we had that great team in 2014 when we went to crow park and we won none of them played for clubs um the local clubs were like St. Kevin's up in Crumlin. In an area like this where there may not be buy-in from parents, they won't take the time to bring them up to Crumlin or bring them up to Liffey Gales. It's too far away. They need yeah. somewhere here that they can use in their community and there isn't anything. So that's tough. Well, we're not holding our breath, but the potential of what we're looking at outside it'd, is real. Oh, it'd be amazing. Like there's three schools within... 200 meters of here uh, secondary school two primary schools one, one of them being mine and like it would be such an amazing facility for us it really would and another thousand kids on the way to this absolutely, area in absolutely. jig time yeah yeah absolutely there's 10 10 schools in the area um we would be we would probably have the bigger yards for want of a better um mm. term for the space that we can play in um there's schools locally that uh, their yard space is like a small car park um 
So it's 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 terrible. Like you'd love to have a lovely grass pitch where kids can congregate, they can play a bit of sports, they can learn how to get on with each other, learn how to win, learn how to lose. Um, it's so important for kids, yeah, you know. And team, team, team and the, team the value of being a part of a team. Yeah. yeah, it's it's funny when you think about you know many of the people here would not be well resourced in terms of income and so on. Yeah, but to be doubly deprived. Yes, you know, deprived of maybe a decent income, but also deprived of facilities yeah, that the yeah. local authority should be provided. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And we saw um, the linear park along um, where the Fatima Lewis stop is. Yeah. They've installed an, a lovely new park there and it's been there since September and it has not been damaged, vandalized or anything. Like people, I think people want want nice things in their area and they're willing to look after it. There's a lot of buy-in from residents, you know, so I'm not sure if that can be used as an excuse that it'll just get wrecked because that's proved, yeah. you know, it's been here. But sometimes if it does get wrecked, you just have to keep fixing it. Absolutely, absolutely. Until people accept this is this is permanent, this yeah. is real. Yeah, we care about you, so we'll fix it. Kieran Cronin, the principal of Jambo. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. Primary school. Thank you very much, Kieran. Thanks very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m on News Talk.